Good morning. It's Ayawimala, and today is August 31st. And it's actually cooler today here in northern Illinois. So that's kind of amazing. <laughs> it may be temporary, but it's nice to have a day that feels this, uh, this fresh. So today I'd like to continue we're on day four now of our pilgrimage, and I'm reading from A Pilgrim's Companion, this lovely book, and it's edited by Kim and Visaka Kawasaki, and they've put it together based on the many pilgrimage, pilgrimages to India where they went themselves, or they went uh, together or with a group of people and acting as their guides. And uh, it's beautiful because it's talking about the four locations, the four sites that the Buddha recommended our pilgrims could go and see after he was gone. And this is from the Dika Nikaya 16, the four places. Ananda, there are four places which, when visited, should arouse emotion in the faithful. What are they? First, where the Tathagata was born. Second, where the Tathagata attained supreme enlightenment. Third, where the Tathagata set in motion the wheel of the Dhamma. And fourth, where the Tathagata attained Padinibbana. Faithful monks, nuns, male lay followers and female lay followers will visit those places. Anyone who dies while making a pilgrimage to these sacred, sacred places with a devout heart will, at the breaking up of the body after death, be reborn in a heavenly realm. So the pilgrimage, and that's, uh, we see this in most different religions of the world where, uh, and he says it arises an emotion, and that would be, uh, on the path we know that means that's an emotion that's uh, that's not like uh, arousing strong desire or craving so it's a we'll assume that's a healthy emotion just a deep feeling about the Tathagata and the Tathagata is another word for the Buddha for uh, an enlightened being and uh, Parinibbana is where the Tathagata, where the Buddha attained Parinibbana, means at his death. That, so that means his final uh, liberation. So the places, they're all places that it's beautiful to become familiar with them because they're mentioned in suttas. But we're reading, the day starts out... Um, we're reading the, the days, we're on day four, and you can imagine you're, you're listening to a sutta about the Buddha, and you're maybe sitting and looking at a beautiful uh, relic or uh, stone or the scenery, or there might even be a stupa or a temple that you're looking at. And, the, and reading the 
reading the passages from uh, the Buddha's teachings are inspiring for that trip. So we can just imagine ourselves on this beautiful pilgrimage. So there's a reading from a sutta and then also a reflection. So when we begin reading the reflection, we'll be, let's be meditating together, be sitting together. And if you like, you can just close your eyes and be, be in that same posture and just reflecting as I do the reading. So this is day four, and this is our reading. The Bamboo Acrobat. The Buddha said, once an acrobat set up his bamboo pole and said to his apprentice, Come, dear, whoops, Medakatalika, Medakatalika, climb the bamboo pole and stand on my shoulders. Yes, teacher, replied the apprentice. Then he climbed the bamboo pole and stood on the teacher's shoulders. The acrobat then said, You protect me, dear lad, and I'll protect you. Thus, protected by one another, we'll display our skills, collect our fee, and complete our act safely. And we know that these these acrobats went around and entertained villagers and performed probably at fairs and people's parties, and uh, they collected money from the people who appreciated their act, and that's how they made a living. So we'll display our skills, collect our fee, and complete our act safely. Hmm. No, teacher, the apprentice replied. That's not the way it should be done. You protect yourself, and I'll protect myself. Thus, each self-protected will display our skills, collect our fee, and complete our act safely. That is the proper method, the Buddha said. It's just as the apprentice said to the teacher, I will protect myself. Thus should the foundation of mindfulness be practiced. I will protect others. Thus should the, found, thus should the foundations of mindfulness be practiced. Protecting oneself, one protects others. Protecting others, one protects oneself. How does one protect others by protecting oneself? By the cultivations of the four foundations of mindfulness. And how does one protect oneself by protecting others? By developing patience, harmlessness, loving-kindness, and sympathy. So the proper method, we protect ourselves and thus should the foundations of mindfulness be practiced and I will protect others. So by protecting ourselves, we protect others. So that's very appropriate for these days when we're being asked to wear masks. At least in Illinois, the governor has made it mandatory that starting yesterday we all wear masks in any uh, uh, any buildings, so anywhere people are, any kind of gathering in any building. So that's actually following the advice of the Buddha, right? 
I will protect myself and that will protect others. Protecting oneself, one protects others. Protecting others, one protects oneself. Couldn't be more, uh, couldn't be more valuable advice. It's 2,600 years old. So why don't we now just sit and allow your body to relax and just keep relaxing all through our practice. When I finish with the reflection, we can just move smoothly, transition right into our sitting together. So be aware of the body breathing. Breathe in the beautiful breath. And as you breathe out, as you exhale, just relax a little bit more. So the reflection today on our day four is subduing anger. When anger arises, there are five ways by which one can subdue it and by which one should wipe it out completely. When anger arises, one should develop loving kindness towards the other person. When anger arises, one should develop compassion for the other person. When anger arises, one should develop equanimity. Equanimity. I'm sorry today. When anger arises, one should develop equanimity toward the other person. When anger arises, one should ignore the other person and not pay any attention to this this person. When anger arises, one should direct one's thoughts to the fact of the other person's being the product of his karma. This person is the owner of his karma, heir of his karma, born of his karma, related to his karma, and abides supporting, supported by his karma. Whatever karma he does for good or for evil, to that he will be the heir. These are five ways by which one can subdue anger whenever it arises and by which one should wipe it out completely. And that's from the Anguttara Nikaya 5 and 161. Remember kama or karma is our, these are our actions. So our action, we are responsible for our actions. And that's part of equanimity as well. Um, to remember that a person is the product of their actions. So they are the owner of their actions, the heir of their actions, born of their actions, related to the to these actions, and abides supported by his actions. These are intentional actions. Whatever action he does for good or for evil, to that he will be the heir. 
So remembering that is the fifth of the ways one can subdue anger. So let's sit with this about subduing anger. And it's using the what we call the Brahma Vihadas, the highest states. So let's, we can work with that as we meditate because these are beautiful qualities to, to sit with. So just be in your body. Feel your mind in your body. Don't think of it as something outside of you. It's part of your body. Keep your focus for right this minute on your breath. Be aware of the body breathing. Breathing in. If you're in a place with beautiful, clean air, be grateful for that clean breath in. And as you breathe out, allow your body to relax even more. Relax into an awake, attentive posture. That's if you're walking or you're on your back or you're sitting in a chair or on a cushion. You want to be as comfortable as is possible for your body. And think about working with anger. And when we work with anger, our goal is to eradicate anger. And the Buddhist teachings tell us that we can subdue it. We can wipe it out completely. It's hard to believe, but we know that we can work with it. We can transform it. When anger arises, one should develop loving-kindness toward the other person. And if you're angry with yourself, develop loving-kindness toward yourself. We can use the simple words, may I be well, May I feel safe. May I be content and find true happiness. 
May I be at peace. May I let go of this anger. And we can also send these same wishes, these same prayers or blessings to the one we're angry with at this moment that would be they would be your difficult person or your challenging person may my difficult person be well and feel safe May this difficult person, for me, be content and find true happiness. May my difficult person know peace. And when anger arises, one should develop compassion for the other person. Understanding anger and knowing how we feel when we are, in, we are angry, we can feel compassion for the one we're angry with. We know how they feel. Just as I know how harmful my anger is to me, I understand how harmful it is for this other difficult person. May I let go of this anger. May I feel the release of this anger. And may it be the same for the difficult person angry with me. arises, we should just, we develop equanimity toward the other person. Just as I am heir to my intentional action, so is this other person. We are both the heir, the holder, the bearer into the future of our actions. So whatever 
whatever actions my difficult person undertakes, rather than let it arouse anger in me, just let me be aware that for good or for evil, allow him to be the owner of his action. And I can let it go. It's not up to me to be the judge or the jury. And when anger arises in me, I can ignore the person and just let it go, not pay any attention to this person. These are beautiful ways of taking responsibility for our own anger. Not not spreading it around. Not fueling it. And they may seem very difficult, but Little by little, we can all work with these. And good to accept that it's not our job to fix others. Now just be aware of the body breathing. Notice if even the words I've read have created a tension in your body. Maybe there's a situation that it arouses a memory of. Maybe you find yourself having a negative a negative reaction to even these verses from the Buddha. They don't seem fair. They don't seem possible. 
as antidotes to anger. Or maybe listening to these words brings you a sense of relief. You think, I can do this. I can work with this. with your body. Now, if you can, continue sitting, just finding that peace within you, being aware of your reactions to your thoughts or to what you're going through. Just be aware of your reaction to everything. And may we all be the peace that we are looking for in the world. We need to find it in ourselves. It always begins with us. So have a beautiful day, and I'll be with you on Thursday.